You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet that's right up to $1,500 again sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in Ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park that's 1-800-GAMBLER Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. be famous and that's okay something i read in the new york times which i thought was really good um so maybe we'll do that in about 10 minutes or so it finishes with a couple of paragraphs from the novel middle march by george elliott which i've never read but is i just read it and it was devastating so we'll pass that along in about 10 minutes really it's a novel or is it a novella one of my all-time intellectual heroes, Chris Hitchens, said, I don't want to t- talk to anybody who hasn't read Middlemarch. And then I thought, well, I guess I well, can't talk Well, you're dead to now, so it's not going to happen anyway. <laughs> I guess I can't talk to him. Wow, I, uh, but, wow what's, the, what's the rough plot? Boy meets girl? <laughs> I mean, better for it at the end? Well, mm-hmm. it, it, it overcomes difficulties. <laughs> <laughs> it fits in with the you'll never be famous and that's okay. It's two people who wanted to live like these grand consequential lives. And, uh, and, 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 and one figured out that that's not the way to go ah. and one didn't and, uh, that sort of thing. Huh. Interesting. 
and just living your regular life is is the best you can hope for and the, the, and the easiest way to be happy. But the, I don't want to get into it now. That's coming up. We ought to spend half our time as human beings thinking about what is happiness really and how should I pursue it instead of just constantly pursuing it. Yeah. It's we, usually barking up uh, the wrong trees. Well, not to get too philosophical on right. it. I'll make a body noise soon enough. Stay with us. Mm. But, you know. More of that coming up. Yeah, okay. You're, you'll never be famous, and that's okay. Uh, yeah, okay. So was there something else you wanted to do? Uh, no. No? I pass. Um, yeah. Mm, yeah. Mm, yeah, I thought better of that. Wow, we're all chickening out on what we were going to talk about. Well, I just, I don't we're know. We, we banged that drum a little bit. You know, the one thing that really bothers me, I saw on cable news last night and talking about the DACA thing. And absolute people of good conscience, decent uh, people who love this country can have different opinions about what our immigration law ought to be. Obviously. That's why we debate it. We, we, we exchange ideas. We try to persuade each other. We, now, now I'm getting into fantasy land. We listen to each other and consider each other's opinions. <laughs> Look at this guy. Yeah, I considering know. Considering other people's opinions. I know. Um, and, and then we have our, our representatives vote in the, uh, the two houses of Congress and put a bull on, a bill on the president's desk. I know this is crazy talk, but you know, there was, there was a tone of, of dismissiveness, uh, from your left leaning media yesterday about the very idea that, We've got to return this to the constitutional norms of how laws get passed. The idea that, oh, so now Trump, and of course it's Trump and not the vast majority of Americans who think this way. Trump is talking about how, you know, Congress ought to pass the laws. He's just throwing it to his base. That's the white supremacist. Look, can't we all agree? Can't you say Trump's an idiot? I hate the policy. I think uh, we ought to have 7 billion people flow into the country with no border. But we got to have Congress pass that law. The I mean, president can't shouldn't you decide. Right. The Congress can't, or I'm sorry, the president can't write, sign, and implement, and then, then uh, change his own laws. Because that's not a constitutional republic. I, I was really troubled by the dismissiveness of that very question. But, you know, cable news sucks, and cable news panels mostly suck, and you probably shouldn't watch them. But, <laughs> but well, most, most people don't. The idea that you wouldn't even take, you know, and I take this stuff way too seriously, but the idea that you wouldn't take a, a minute to offer a reasoned counter-argument to that point Look, we can't have the presidents just declaring what the law is and then making it up and going from there. We've got to have Congress pass the laws. The fact that he's always just, I just, I found that disturbing. Well, it's always about Trump. Uh, everybody makes it about Trump one way or the other, which is, is you know, to drive not, ratings, which is not healthy. Part of it, well, for the newspapers and the channels, it might be to drive ratings. I think from uh, from from for the Democrats, I think it's. Hoping the next election is on Donald Trump. Right. And to the, or the best of got to keep Hispanic people whipped up. I mean, that's a good, solid voting block. And Don't they you want think... to see if they can turn Hispanic people into the next black people who always, you know, predominantly always vote Democrat. I would suggest to my African-American friends, that's a mistake. Uh, not that the Republicans are a, uh, you know, the, 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 you know, a cakewalk either, but. Um, they want to turn the, the Hispanic people into that, and so they're whipping it up as hard as they can. It's politics. It's ugly. It's nasty. And, and I'm shocked at the number of people who can't see through that, who get caught up in the whipping up. 
Don't you see what they're doing to you? It's like we were talking about with the commercials. All the delighted, smiling children playing with... I almost said Hungry Hungry Hippos, which is like a game of the 70s. What's I, the, I used to cheat with, at that game. With the, what? How do you yeah. cheat at Hungry Hungry Hippos? My, my floor in my room as a, as a youth was he would not starve. flat. He would starve the hippo for weeks, so it was extra Hungry Hungry. <laughs> yeah, so the, my floor wasn't perfectly flat, so I would just make sure that I was on the downhill side of my room. Oh, and so the marbles would roll to my hippo. I was very good. And did other people not know that? They didn't catch on, no. Gotcha. It was very slight. It was a very, it, it, it wow. wasn't like on an incline. So it's like loaded dice, really. A little bit, a yeah. carpenter's yeah. level, and uh, yeah. Anywhere, where was I? Uh, Congress oh, is like don't commercials, you see, yeah. Don't you see you're being played on both sides? But be aware when you're being played. I don't know. I got the skeptical gene. I was born with it, I guess. Uh, I like this headline. Worst Tinder date ever involved feces, firefighters, and a GoFundMe campaign. I'd like to hear that story before, you know, our career is over. Which could be tomorrow. I mean, I can picture, no, no, says everybody who works on the show. Uh, I can see feces, and I can see firefighters. Difficult to imagine some scenario that goes so badly wrong that it involves both. You want the Cliff's Notes version of it? Yeah, I would like to hear the Cliff's Notes. Sure, version. and then so, we'll we'll decide whether to uh, delve in any then ha- any and, further and how you end up with a GoFundMe campaign. Yeah, so the uh, so the couple ends ends up back at his place. She uses the facilities as one does, uh, as having a bit of a flushing problem. She panics, doesn't know what to do. God, that's the worst. Um, so she proceeds to fish it out and try to throw it out the window. <sighs> There's a screen on the window. Mm. It gets caught in the screen. No. Oh, so she has to kind of come clean about what has happened, what has transpired. So to speak, yeah. And they, they both say, all right, well, let's let's fix this problem. Let's pretend like it never happened. We'll just move on. Isn't this crazy? This is a story we will tell our grandchildren. That's a heck of a thing to move so on then from. When, in, in, in some way. Let me get this straight. <laughs> you. Yeah. Anyway. So at some point, she is climbing into the window to, to try to clean it out. She gets stuck. There's some damage done to the window frame or the screen or something like that. They have to call the fire department in to get her unstuck from the window. The GoFundMe campaign is to repair for the damage done to the window that they did trying to fix the feces problem of it being stuck in the screen. Did they end up doing it? (laughs) That day, I don't know. The the story didn't go into that. Way to bottom line it. (laughs) Well, I thought that's what Tinder was all about. What became of the feces? Oh, don't go there. Oh, oh, they threw it in a garbage can. We Good. have to, we have because the transition from your coarse comments to George Eliot's Middle March is is difficult. <laughs> um, sorry, you'll never be famous. You just put on your top hat when you need me to keep it classy, and then I'll know. <laughs> uh, you'll never be, never be famous, and that's okay. And it's really pretty interesting philosophical stuff. I hope it's not too heavy for talk radio about what makes people happy. We all know this. I think we need to heap and help it of that. It's huh? not new news. We all know it. It's just difficult to live it. Bad Tinder date stories make me happy. <laughs> <laughs> Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. You know Mario? 
Luigi's brother, the plumber with the mustache from Donkey Kong? Well, according to a uh, new character bio posted by Nintendo, Mario is no longer a plumber. I know. His bio says that he used to be a plumber a long time ago, and of course, this got people really powered up. There were angry posts on social media. Mario is a plumber. How dare they say he isn't? You've ruined my childhood. Screw you, Nintendo. All that kind of thing. Well, look, Mario, Super Mario eats mushrooms and gets in fights with turtles. He's not a plumber. He's a stoner, okay? The only plumbing he does is when he loses his keys in the toilet bowl. So calm down. You know, <laughs> Kimmel's hilarious. Next time... Uh, maybe it's your company. Maybe it's you personally. Whatever. Next time people are posting angrily to social media, keep in mind the rage caused by Nintendo saying, Mario's not a plumber anymore. <laughs> people went crazy Did with they? bitter anger. Come on. Yeah. Seems to be the only emotion that exists in social media. <laughs> Outrage. Yeah. Yeah. No kidding. Uh, so I don't know this woman, Emily Smith. Uh, she wrote a, one of the many books that have come out in the last however many years about how to be happy. And they all say the same thing, uh, that trying to be rich and famous won't make you happy. So we all, we all, we all know it, but we, 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 for some reason can't live it. Anyway, so this article, you'll never be famous and that's okay. And it was, uh, uh, it's from the on-campus section, so this is designed for college kids. Today's college students desperately want to change the world, but too many think that living a meaningful life requires doing something extraordinary and attention-grabbing, like becoming an Instagram celebrity, starting a wildly successful company, or ending a humanitarian crisis. Having idealistic aspirations of course, part of being young, but thanks to social media, purpose and meaning have become conflated with glamour. Extraordinary lives look like the norm on the Internet. Yet the idea that a meaningful life must be or appear remarkable is not only elitist, but also misguided. Over the past five years, this woman, who's written a, a, a number of books about this, said, I've interviewed dozens of people across the country about what gives their lives meaning, and I've read through thousands of pages of psychology, philosophy, and neuroscience research to understand what truly brings people satisfaction. The most meaningful lives I've learned are often not the extraordinary ones. They're the ordinary ones lived with dignity. Um, and I think we all know what, that. What right? was that word you said? The, you started said with a, a lot of words. <laughs> started with a D. Dignity. Oh, I get, what does that mean? <laughs> Pull up your pants now. The idea that you can live just a regular, ordinary life, uh, raise your kids, be a husband or a wife, go to work. Be well thought of at work, make a good living. Kids move off, you keep working, you stop at some point, you're retired, and you die. And that's perf- not only okay... But that is the most likely way to end up happy. I think strikes a lot of people, maybe particularly young people, is, wow, that's a drag. Disappointing. That's, yeah, it's disappointing yeah. that that's the best way to end up happy. Right. Which is interesting. Well, because it's, uh, it's a complete change expectation-wise and, and hope-wise, which is it's jarring for anybody. So we're chasing hits of emotional cocaine uh, in my mind. Yeah, according to the drug fiends I've spoken to. Yeah, and do we have the ability to uh, to stop doing that? Um, is a good question. Uh, or or teaching that to people, or some so somehow we're teaching that to people, right? But anyway, uh, so uh, this author quotes the George Eliot novel Middlemarch, which was written a hundred and thirty years ago, and most of you have never read. And it's a classic, and I haven't read it either. Maybe I should. But anyway, this is uh, from the very end of it. 
talking about this one uh, character who figured out that just re- leave, living a good, decent life was the way to end up the most happy. This character. Now I quote, and if, if this doesn't come out as great, it's my fault, not the book's fault, because this is great. Her nature was like that of a river, which spent itself into channels which had no great name on the earth. But the effect of her being on those around her was incalculably diffusive. For the growing good of the world is partly dependent on unhistoric acts, and that things are not so ill with you and me as they might have been, is half owing to the number of people who live their life faithfully, a hidden life, and rest in unvisited tombs. Wow, that's some fancy talk. It is there. some fancy talk. Oh, I had to listen with everything I got. It takes it. T- maybe I should post it because maybe it's easier to read and take right. it all in. Or you could paraphrase it using your verbal gift. <laughs> <laughs> um, the little stuff you do every single day, just raising your kids and going to work, it it, it just it just reaches out into the world mm. and makes the world a better place. And all of our lives, my life, is better for all the people out there that are just living their normal lives on a day-by-day basis. You know, parents raising their kids, and my kids go to the same school as them, and just, you know, stopping at the way home to get a tire chair. Whatever you're doing, just everybody living their ordinary lives with dignity, it makes my life better. Mm -hmm. And the reverse. And that is what makes us most happy and is going to give us a most meaningful and happy life. Not the extraordinary act. Just the little things every single day leeching out into the world. Interesting. Interesting. Is all the book that fancy talk? I, I don't yeah, know it's 700 pages, and I've started into it before and, uh, and got lost. And it was from when, you said? Like uh, the 18, I'm, I, 1880s? I'm going or off then? the top of my head. When was Middlemarch read, read, uh, written? I'm going to go with Middle 18, of March, I'm guessing. I'm going to go with 1890, but I'm just guessing. Yeah, I... I um, I wouldn't know if old uh, what's his name came in here and hit me over the head with a signed copy. George Eliot completed the novel in 1871. Well, that's a pretty good guess. Uh, George Eliot's actually a woman, by the way. So it's a pseudonym. She a lesbian? Um, oh, was that to, to one of those things where she had to do that to get her stuff published? I don't remember Back why she sexist sexist right. past. I don't remember. That's pretty common. Um, but this, you know, this actually kind of fits in with my falling off the uh, sugar wagon last night. So it was my wife and I's anniversary. And um, so uh, I got her a gift, and I got her uh, some chocolate cake. Nice. Uh, and uh, some cheesecake. I got a variety pack. This is what I usually do. I get the variety pack from some, like, good dessertery, and then let her choose whichever she wants. Oh, nice. Anyway, I ended up eating some of it. I knew I would. Mm. I've been really good for a couple of weeks. haven't had any, like, almost no sugar all day long. And then I ate some, and once I started eating some, I ate more than I wanted to. And the way that this fits in is I have eliminated almost all vices in my life. I I don't drink anymore. I I don't I don't eat bad stuff. I don't watch frivolous TV. Um sex as a vice is eliminated from my life. I've eliminated all, and when you eliminate almost all vices from your life, mm-hmm. Sometimes it just seems like, what do I have to look forward to? <laughs> I mean, it's just, it just feels like, God dang it, this is dull. Yeah. And, and it really does. Yeah. And, 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 and so I read something recently about how that is a common thing. And this was some religious stuff I was reading. But it's very common. If you eliminate all your, 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 the sinful things you do, it's, very, it's a very troubling period you have to go through before you get readjusted 
or reacquainted with what is going to give you happiness and meaning out of life. Yeah. And and people often go through a, a period of this this sucks. This I'm whole <laughs> this whole not having any vices or or any, any you know I'm just living for instant pleasure. This sucks. Mm. I don't like this at all. And it's common to go through it as a, but that's the period apparently I'm in. I don't know if I'm going to come up the other side or not, but it is. It just feels like it's like, what am I looking forward to today? Okay, I'm going to do the right thing. I'm going to go to work. I'm going to try hard. I'm going to pick up my kids from school. I'm going to play with them. I'm going to be nice to my wife. I'm going to clean the house. I'm going to do the dishes. All the things you're just talking about here, This the, the, the little you know channels of rivers reaching out into the world that make other people's lives better. When I'm do gonna, I get slappy drunk in uh, this day? <laughs> Or get laid, or eat a giant chocolate cake, or, or get drunk, or buy something stupid that makes me feel good for a half an hour. Get drunk, and smear a cake all over ourselves, and make love. <laughs> Entirely self-indulgent, yeah. like, scratching that selfish yeah. itch. Right? When am I going to do that? And just doing that day, which is what makes us happy, according to all psychologists. You start the day looking at that, and it just seems like, oh, God. There's nothing. What am I looking forward to here? Yeah, boy. It's, it's really interesting. I don't know, you know, especially too much effing perspective. <laughs> <laughs> especially when you consider that that those kind of selfish impulses, those are really just pleasure placebos. Those oh, absolutely, it, but somehow it doesn't connect that yep. that's that's what they are, and yep. you still want to do those things at all. Yep. I In, did. Yeah. Intellectually, I know the buy-in thing, the sex, the food, whatever is a temporary, uh, you know, piece of enjoyment. The long-lasting, lasting happiness is by far the fact that I'm playing with my kids and being nice to them. When I look back over it, like the last weeks, months, years, or whatever, I'm happy I've done it. Sure, but just getting up in the morning and looking at your day, it seems like Dullsville, Daddy O. Yeah, when do I get mine? Yeah, yeah. Huh? What's in it for me? A little pleasure, a little bump, a little uh, something for me, huh? Now, has everybody always been that way? Uh, well, I would say those philosophies are as old as recorded history. Yeah, but you weren't you weren't buying stuff on Amazon in uh, in the year seven hundred. No, you're going down to the village smithy and getting yourself a horseshoe. You don't even have a horse, but it just <laughs> feels good to buy stuff. When I get four, then I'll get a horse. Right? Exactly. <laughs> Can't be like... walking around with a shoeless horse. Hey, uh, Og the Magnificent over there tells me they're lucky, so I'm, I'm getting me one. Uh, <laughs> That's a horse, said most of the settled world. Yeah, um, yeah I don't. Uh, yeah, I tell you what, the, the, there is very little new wisdom, unless it's you know based on scientific you know neuroscans or whatever. But that just tends to to support the basis of the most the oldest philosophies on Earth. They don't change, but we ignore them, and so a new prophet comes along, a new teacher, a new whatever, and and, and, and tries to rephrase it to you and. And people think, yeah, yeah, that's a good point. And some flock to it, some don't. World keeps spinning. So being famous or whatever is not the way to be happy is the point of that article. We know that. But I'm just saying, having having put a lot of effort into it fairly recently to get rid of all the like pleasure seeking vices in my life, I can understand and I'm you know, I'm older. It should be a lot easier now. Now how you gonna how do you t- how do you tell a twenty two year old that just just trying hard in school today, going to your job? Being nice to your friends—that's your—that's that's the way to live your life. What? <laughs> that doesn't sound very fun. Yeah, no kidding, Dullsville, man. Yeah, yeah. and I'm going to do this the rest of my life, and that's the way to have a happy life. Are you sure? I'd never made this connection before, but 
describing the fame and not being famous, and that's okay. It reminds me of uh, there was some former king or ruler or something that would give baby elephants to people that he didn't like or people that he thought oh, yeah. were bad to them. Yeah, right? Jimmy Carter. Yeah, and it was a it was a it was an act of punishment because these people were not equipped to raise an elephant. And it was an elephant, a, a white elephant. Yeah, yeah. The, the elephant right. would eat them out of house and home, right. and they would eventually just right. uh, perish and, or whatever. And they couldn't kill it or get rid of it because it was a gift from the king. Exactly. Right. And I think fame, in many ways, is that very sure. same thing. I think most people are not equipped for the the traps that come with fame and fame is is almost a punishment to to a certain extent in, sure, in the sure, way that it makes you live your life but most of us aren't going to become famous even if we want to right uh but we certainly can buy stuff we shouldn't buy have too much sex eat too much whatever all that other stuff to seek pleasure and it doesn't work but i'm telling you you look you look at the day from when you first right. open your eyes in the morning with none of your vices in front of you looks a little dull I wrestle with that every day. What's coming every up? Day. What's coming up in your news, Marshall? Well, the beast, Hurricane Irma, not getting any weaker, moving fast towards the U.S. We've got a new report just out. Russian hackers are getting into America's power grid network, and social media blowing up about Taylor Swift's latest conquest. Stories minutes from now, Armstrong and Getty. Here's a question for you. What if you've spent 25 years raising kids and had more self-denial than you ever thought you would? Do I get a pass now? Please? <laughs> Can I just... Please? You would think so. <sighs> I feel pretty happy. <laughs> Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Sixty Minutes kicks off this Sunday. One of my favorite yep. all-time television shows, and they've announced their first guest is going to be Steve Bannon talking to Charlie Rose on Sixty Minutes. So if Steve Bannon has got scores to settle or is going to try to, you know, make some noise, he's going to do it this Sunday night on Sixty Minutes. Wow. Good stuff. Let's get the news now, Marshall Phillips. Well, President Trump is saying the government is watching and preparing for Hurricane Irma. There's a new and seems to be record-breaking hurricane. Heading right toward Florida and Puerto Rico, and we'll see what happens. We'll know in a very short period of time, but it looks like it could be something that will be uh, not good. Believe me, not good. Trump, I believe you. It's an effing powerful hurricane. I believe you. Trump making the remark in a White House photo op today. The Category 5 hurricane currently in the Caribbean, still packing maximum sustained winds of 185 miles an hour. Gusts of 200 miles an hour. Yikes. It's windy. Could make landfall in Florida sometime Sunday. Meanwhile, CBS News has learned that a well-known cybersecurity company says Russian hackers have been successfully targeting the energy sector in the U.S. Cyber firm Symantec says in a new report that Russian hackers, codenamed Dragonfly, have been able to infiltrate energy sector computer networks with malicious emails so-called watering hole attacks and trojanized software. The hackers, who according to Symantec have ties to the Russian government, may have compromised more than a dozen American companies in recent months. To what end? Do we know? Squirting oil out into the ocean, stealing their money. That's what I wonder with most hacks. To what end? Or hear about a giant hack, and then I wonder, okay, what's going to happen? Anything? Well, if they're, if you're if you're getting into your power grids, I mean, there's always a possibility. Okay, we are going to hit the master on-off switch. Well, exactly. Yeah. yeah. If if it's that sort of Trojan horsey approach, primarily, well, that's worrisome. This morning, an official told uh, CBS News that the Department of Homeland Security is aware of the report and is reviewing it. 
At this time, there is no indication of a threat to public safety, quote, unquote. And some are wondering if this is Gulfgate. Turns out dozens of business leaders, lobbyists, and others who work to influence government policy are paying to be members of golf clubs where they might run into President Trump. Hmm. An investigation by USA Today found at least 50 execs of companies with federal contracts, 20 lobbyists and trade group officials are all members of the Trump clubs the president has visited most often since taking office. The experts are saying nothing illegal appears to be going on, but they question whether it's appropriate for a sitting president's company to collect money from people trying to win government business or influence government policy. So the only difference is Trump owns the golf courses, because i got to believe rich, powerful people have been doing this for a long time. You figure out where Barack Obama likes to play golf, and you play golf there hoping to run into him. Sure, or whatever he does. Yeah, the, the trading money doesn't bother me so much, uh, unless... Unless there's a quid pro quo. I mean, you just you can never have a business person president again. I don't know how you work this stuff out. I really don't. Yeah, I mean, because yeah. unless he completely dissolves his business empire and his family's business empire, that's just hard. You can't mandate that. It's a, it's a tough nut to crack. So you just you got to look for a quid pro quo. And if you find it, you got to bust him. Taylor Swift has just earned a historic number one song. Look what you made me do. Swift's Look What You Made Me Do is the new number one song too repetitive. on the Billboard Hot 100 Singles Chart. First single off her forthcoming album, Reputation, soared from number 77 to the top, knocking Despacito down a notch to number two. Despacito. We play that a lot at my house for some reason. Mm. Um... And that was the biggest number one in the history of the world, right, Despacito? So, uh, yeah. they, okay, whatever. Well, and the the other part of this is Swift becomes the first woman to get a number one single on the Billboard Hot 100 this year. Before her single, every artist to score a number one hit in 2017 has been male. So she's the first chick. Yeah. yeah I'm glad chicks year. make music, too. <laughs> Good for the gals. I'm for that. Scoring a big number one. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips. The Armstrong and Getty Show. The voice of the West. When Justin Bieber really gets, when he really emotes the whole Despacito, and it just grips you. Mm. And hear it. Mm. It's moving, little fella. Is uh. this the aforementioned hit record or what? Don't like your yeah, this is the Taylor Swift song. Oh, I see. Number one song. Like your yeah. This is the new moody, kind of grown up Taylor Swift. Oh, a darker version of Taylor and, Swift. And this is a shot at Kanye West, yeah. they believe. So. Uh, yeah. Uh, possibly some, uh, some shade being thrown at Katy Perry as well. Oh, no. Over there long really? feud. Oh, yeah, those, those two gals just can't seem to get on we the same page. Get She's been mad ever since that guy grabbed her butt. That's my analysis. Taylor Swift and Katy Perry will do a song together and a tour together at some point, won't they? And cash in on this supposed riff that the I guess... I hate you tour. like the Arabs and Israelis finally sitting down there. Well, won't that be a beautiful moment? No. Petering out coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. No border, no nation. Why aren't more people bothered by that? People chanting that in the street. That's right. the dissolution of the country. We, right. We want to dissolve the United well, States of America. Anyway. Chant 
crowds of uh, young progressives in the street. Anyway. That's not worthy of paying attention to. Welcome to the petering out portion of the Armstrong and Getty show. Yes, uh, thank you for being here. I'm afraid it may be the petering out of the Burning Man. Did you hear about oh, yeah. the burned man at Burning Did Man? Did you see the picture of him running in there? Oh, yes, oh, grim. Uh, this brought to our attention by uh, Jeffrey, who suggests using the caveman voice to say, hmm, fire hot. I was afraid. Not sure that's necessary. When I first heard this story of a guy running into the fire, I thought, is this going to end it? Somebody's going to get sued or something? Or the Because that sucks. One crazy person runs into the fire, and is that the end of it? So, but at the end of the thing, if you're not familiar with it, they build this. It used to be a crazy big dude. Well, I think it still is, but it's kind of a temple, and it's just it's a silly symbol. And, it's and then enormous, they, right? Oh, it's it's many stories tall. And then um, they set it on fire, hence the name of the festival. About 600 volunteers and staff were ringing the perimeter of the temple. Backed up by a metal security fence, et cetera, et cetera. See, I think that's ridiculous. You have to put up a fence around a giant fire to make sure people don't run into it. <laughs> to keep people from willfully burning themselves to death. What the hell is that? I mean, at, at, so uh, at that point, don't we have to, like, keep people from stabbing themselves in the eye with steak knives at restaurants? <laughs> keep people from, like... I've lost three eyes that way. <laughs> right? Keep people from just swigging down cleaning chemicals right. at the hardware store. Where you mean, have to, shouldn't you have barriers along all highways just to keep people from running out in front of cars? Well, right. It's yeah, the same thing. A thousand examples, yeah. But so one Looney Tunes, or he was on drugs or something, Aaron Joel Mitchell, age 41, died Sunday morning after he ran into a fire Saturday night, a raging inferno. Um, he ran straight into it and burned to death. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Um, well, part crazy, part also exactly what's supposed to happen when you run into a fire. Like, that's yeah, well, yeah, that's so true. bizarre. Yeah. Uh, the government wanted 350 extra security guards. Burning Man uh, actually doubled that. We're showing the government we can step forward, said a lady. Uh, <laughs> it's a testament to our spirit. We have a ritual to complete. It's just insane. It's insane that anybody would look at this as not enough security was provided. Right. Uh, it's not clear if he was running directly into the fire or was running toward it, then fell when perimeter guards tried to stop him. Uh, Mitchell was not drunk, authority said, but toxicology tests are uh, yeah, pending. Yeah, well, okay. Um, yeah, yeah. Was that his first Burning Man, according to his mother, grew up in Oklahoma, living in Switzerland with his, here's a shock, wife. He's 41. Nice, loving person, according to mom, who never has any idea what her son's up to, in my experience. Like hiking and outdoors, running. His papa said he was a good son. Like running into fires. Yeah. I said, yeah. oh, Lord Jesus, it's a fire. That's right. It's what they do every year at the end of the festival, darling. Uh, it's just, it's, it's terrible, crazy. But, but, he, he must have freaked out. But who looks at a bonfire as something you need to put police around to make sure people don't run into it? Right. Well, under right. we can't structure society like this. Can you imagine? You go to a nice hotel in the lobby. They got a fireplace. They got a guy with a gun <laughs> to keep you from diving in there. <laughs> nice. Well, I, I think they try to go above and beyond understanding that per capita, there's probably more psychedelics being passed around in a at a desert. You, That's you, where you're wrong. 
the cop stops you on the way in and tells you <laughs> this is a drug-free event. Oh, right, right, right. You still got to give people the, the freedom to, if you're going to take drugs around a fire, you might get effed up and fall in the fire. Rangers who work the event are told in advance to look out for three kinds of people likely to rush toward the fire. People trying to get attention, like strikers. People who are on drugs or intoxicated and don't understand the danger. And the suicidal. Don't understand the danger. Hmm. I'm going to run into a giant fire. I'll be fine. Well, that's, that's I run suicidal, really fast. man. <laughs> God, I, you know, suicide's a tragedy, and I don't like to joke about it, but... Nobody would commit suicide like this. The person who decides, I want to commit suicide by hurling myself into an inferno? Holy crap. Yeah. Rethink it. All right, on a lighter note, because, well... So with what they're going to... Everything's lighter. So next year, are they going to be able to have the fire or have to get pay that much extra for security? Well, they're volunteers, but uh, most of the security, as I understand it, but uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. You got a guy hurls himself into an inferno. You can find a guy to do, say, or believe anything you can conceive of. That doesn't mean the rest of us need to change what we do. One guy does it, now we can't go see stripper karaoke in the desert. What is going on here? Right, <laughs> right. Yeah, no kidding. So well, it'll be interesting to see how uh, ridiculous and overwrought the overreaction will be. Also, as we turn our gaze around the nation, this is absolutely hilarious. Uh, Shannon uh, somebody tweeted this. It was brought to our uh, attention by alert listener Noel. This was a completely cleaned out grocery store in Houston a couple of days ago. And there's the vegan food section completely stocked. Oh, <laughs> is that real? Still there. If it ain't real, I don't want to know it because that is so amusing. <laughs> well, if, if I was looting the store, I wouldn't take any of it. And unless I was starving... I wouldn't take it either. Who wants some vegan hot dogs? Uh, no, seriously, who wants some? I could lose a little weight. They're free. No? <laughs> what? That's hilarious. Let's hear our guest announcer for Final Thoughts. Oh, it's me again. Oh, that's right. <laughs> oh, uh, and now, Final Thoughts with your host, Joe Getty. Thanks. Just like Mama's Milk. No, <laughs> you don't get to do your catchphrase. Time for Final Thoughts. Well, let's get everybody's final thought. Uh, positive, Sean? Yes, instance, I would, what's yours? I would like to quote uh, comedian Sarah Tiena, who says, Why do we continue to name hurricanes after old people? I say we name them after strippers. I'm much more interested in a hurricane diamond than a hurricane Irma. <laughs> Sorry, Marshall Phillips, your final thought. Well, I am uh, going to head out once again for my almost uh, bi-weekly visit to the dentist today. This will be great fun. And, but, you know, you got to quit chewing rocks. Well, you know, after that, though, I just go over to the Raven Social and Athletic Club and uh, have uh, one or two tall ones. There you go. Fantastic. Michelangelo, your final thought. Uh, yeah, kids always want the toys they see on TV. Next time your little girl asks for a Barbie dream house, get her some blueprints, cement, wood, and tools, and have her build a thing in the backyard. She's more likely to appreciate it and won't just play with it twice. Wow, very nice. Little junior contractor said, Jack, what's your final thought? Yeah, I was thinking about this whole, what do you look forward to every day if you've eliminated all your vices? If you have any uh, suggestions, uh, you can text us, 415-295-KFTC, or email, because it's, it's a conundrum. <laughs> Last night I went with eating eight brownies. That's what I went with. (laughs) Seriously, eight? Jeez. Thank you, eight. Wow. That's amazing. My final thought is actually a question. Is pumpkin spice the new Super Bowl commercials? Is the, or, or, no, better than that. Is pumpkin spice the new... 
Because we're all supposed to ooh and ah and joke about how many pumpkin spice things there are, but I'm kind of over it. Is the new Nickelback sucks? Yes, thank you. That's a good example. Or bacon is yummy. Oh, that's uh, perfect. Yeah, is that? I don't know. Do we make a big deal of it this year again? People bring us pumpkin spice, you know, what a toothpaste. Or whatever. It exists. Are we going to chuckle about that, or is that over? <laughs> I think it's over. Okay. Pumpkin spice is what, Sean? Uh, pumpkin spice is a flavor bully. A it, flavor bully. Yeah, it, it gets into places where it doesn't belong. It overpowers the actual flavors of the things that you want. I'm not a fan. Right. We're anti-bullying around here. Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. There's something we ought to be talking about. Send it along. You can email it to Armstrong and Getty. Spell it out. Armstrong and Getty at Yahoo.com or go to ArmstrongandGettyRadio.com. You can tweet at us, text, whatever. Yeah, we will see you tomorrow. God bless America. This is a historic act uh, of uh, devastating incompetence. I will not sugarcoat this. This is a disappointing day for us. Big mistake, but not too bad. The fun level in this room is at an 11 right now, and that brought it down. The ride is over! The time for the clowns and the acrobats and the dancing bears has passed. Get away from here. Get. Get. And we apologize for our stupidity. And we really hope you forgive us for what we've done. Thank you and good night. Because the show's over. What? Bye bye. This has been the emotionally anchored Trump? What's the unhinged Trump gonna do? Build a lair? Armstrong and Getty, the voice of the West. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your your perfect home sweet home. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy. And we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude partner in hope today by visiting musicgives.org. Tired of restless nights? At Lisa, we know good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. From memory foam mattresses to hybrids that keep you cool all night long, Lisa's mattresses offer exceptional comfort and support with free delivery and 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. When you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs. That can be a lot of money. But are your bills accurate? It's estimated over 50% of medical bills contain errors. HealthLock can help. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. To save, visit HealthLock.com today.